Testified, I'm flying above the circle. I died to find that watch as I plan to show you and I climbed up the ladder. They don't know just what I'm holding. Electrifying, lifting you up and over again. They can't define us, an indestructible force to deal with. It never hurt us, there ain't no mercy out on the streets, but I'm with my brother. He tagged me and kissed me, body beat up. You can't even see us, but we put you up and over again. Welcome to the Up and Over Podcast, a professional wrestling podcast where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling, where everything's a work and none of our opinions matter anyway. Firstly, I'd like to introduce our eclectic duo from Wilmington, North Carolina. Firstly, the one, the only, the pinball enthusiast, Kenny Omegle himself, that's Patty Mills. Hello, how are you doing? I wasn't expecting to be introduced first, this is actually a change. Welcome to we the have, We have a new nickname for Cortland, it's of course going to be uh, his tag team partner big papa c and the c stands for carny bullshit that's Cortland. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> we have our cadillac cowboy himself the one the only big ethan hey 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 every week it's either hey 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 or howdy howdy i love something just hey, hey, hey today. i wanted just... to stay the same of course we have the lifeblood of the up and over podcast the man behind everything that you see, the one, the only, the Bam Bam Bigelow and Doug Furness enthusiast himself, Casey O'Gorda Gringo. Uh, if I could, if we could just have like one month without any technical difficulties, I'd be so happy. But it's never gonna happen, bro. We'll so. get there. We'll get there. <laughs> that said, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. What about my week? Let's think. Uh, oh no! The technical difficulties, you know, sons of bitches. You have no idea how hard it is being Mike Klinsky. Fellas. What a cop out! What a cop out! It is a cop out, but you know what? You take it. Uh, hold on. You know what? Two weeks back to back, I had to sit through a piece of shit Michael Elgin match, and I enjoyed both of them. You don't know how hard it is being Mike Klinsky. How's there that fucker? Go. Good. There Demonetized go. off the rip. Eat shit. Um. Guys, this week on the Up and Over podcast, we have Pro Wrestling Gorilla's Game Over Man uh, from April 21st, 2017. This is kind of uh, a perfect watch-along, I suppose, because this will be released the day of, right? So, five years to the day. Five years later. Yeah, how weird is it that it's five years? That means Leo Rush is 20, like 24, right? Just because of 24, the only 24-year-old that's retired three times. However long it's been. But before we dive in to the episode, <laughs> let's talk about this week on professional wrestling. Um the big news right now is uh as we record on Tuesday, that uh <laughs> I love the case he doesn't even know. He just like ah and then just stops, stops laughing, he's like, Stop it. I need to know. Um, Tony Khan has more big announcements to be made. 
Um, Dude, this sounds like a meme at this point. That's real exciting. I think if you go back and listen to like every other week of our podcast, you'll hear Tony Khan's big announcement. Um, (laughs) Listen, if it isn't Satnam Singh getting a fucking title made for himself, I don't want to hear any other bullshit about it. Jesus Christ. Uh, What's that, Pat? The TBS NBA championship title. That's it, bro. I want a one-on-one first to six every week. That's all I want to say. Um, he wins the G League MVP. All right, I'm done. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, anything else that anybody wanted to add into the week of professional wrestling? Uh, it's going around right now that uh, apparently WWE is very, 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 very interested in trying to get the Revival back. I'm going to refer to them as the revival because that's what they are known over there as, but apparently their, their contracts are supposedly expiring within the next couple of months as you know, everyone pretty much signed like a three year deal off the rip. Um, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, why do you think that they're ever going to go back to you within the next five years? What? Tag teams and fresh matchups do they have in WWE that they haven't already had? You know, I said the same thing earlier today. I was like, what do they have? The Usos? Yeah, the Usos. Yeah, Alpha Academy. Like, that's not shit. I love, I love the Usos, but like, Elias I, don't, brother. I don't have to see it when I'm coming for compelling tag teams that are happening elsewhere. Pat, I'm letting you know, if we get Ezekiel and Elias in one live shot, I might not make it to the next day. I will lose my mind. I'll flip a car. Every fucking 10 seconds, and he has like a fake beard on, and just blackouts, and it's like... (laughs) I will be stunned. Um, Kushida left WWE this week. That too. Yeah, That's some more news. Hopefully he pops up in Best of Super Junior soon. Did you see the fucking... Like, di- like the difference between when Kushida left New Japan, he has yep. like a final match with Tanahashi. It's like a really heartfelt promo. He gets like all the respect from Jushin Liger, and then they're like his farewell in NXT is getting fucking power bombed through a table in the backstage. <laughs> That's tough. Dude. And then everyone's like, "What Man. the fuck? He left, bro? Come on, you don't give a fuck." They don't give a fuck. And he's probably like, get me the fuck out of here. Can somebody free Akira Tozawa? Please. (laughs) He just got married, bro. You you can't break that up He's probably content. I mean, he's friends with Ricochet, so they're probably being dumbasses together. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Straight, bro. Straight I'm just being honest. Yes. It is straight this is really off topic. You remember that guy that we saw in the lobby at the fucking hotel? And I was like, yo, that's Ricochet. And it literally wasn't him at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, bizarrely enough, Robert Gibson walked by me, uh, walked by us, and was just like, hey, fellas, having a good time? I was like, what the fuck? Where are we? <laughs> Where How about our boy at the airport? Our boy at the airport, this boy's with Teddy Long running his podcast show. Oh, I forgot that happened. <laughs> when we flew into Dallas, do you remember that, Pat? Yeah, yeah, the, the guy that... There was some... Okay, guys, uh, we should explain this. So there was some random guy at the airport that had, like, an independent wrestling t-shirt on. And uh, I don't know this guy. I've never seen his face in my life. 
but he saw all of us. We all had like wrestling gear on and shit or whatever. And he stopped and he insisted on telling us that he had a podcast with Teddy Long later on that night at some fucking random ass bar in Dallas. <laughs> no. But can I mention is- as well, he he entered with you guys working this weekend? Yeah. He looked yeah, at us. <laughs> and you right. What's that? You said yes, right? No. We were like, nah, man, not us. Big week. And then, Goddamn right. But he didn't he didn't know what GCW was. And he had an But he had on an independent wrestling t shirt. And I'm like, brother, hello? Mm. What do you do? Watch CWF Mid Atlantic or something? Oh my god. And there's no that's no shade to that. That's a good product. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like he's one of those guys who's like CWF, PWX, that's all I know. Uh, anyways, Portland, moving along. Portland, I know that you wanted to talk about something before we jumped on. Yeah, something a little more serious. Uh, our friend uh, and... Listener of the pod. Yeah, listener of the pod. Super nice guy. Uh, his name is John. We'll be adding his uh, GoFundMe to our website and social media. He sadly had a seizure this week. Uh, he's dealt with a lot of uh, health issues over the past few years, and we just want to send our love to him. And uh, we hope that even the two hours of us bullshitting on here makes his day a little bit easier Definitely. and a little bit sir. better. Um, yes, sir. Uh, his family is going through it, so anything you can do to help them uh, means the world to us. And uh, you listen to Up and Over podcast, you're a family to us, and it means the world. And uh, we're glad that we can even be given a small platform to even potentially help you and uh, anyone else that's going through it. So uh, please look out for that whenever this podcast episode is uploaded. Yes. Yep. We'll make sure that it's in the show notes. Yeah, Pat. Or, uh, yeah, Casey. Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, get well soon, John. Um, life uh, life can beat our ass, but we always got to kick out at two and three quarters, right? So. Yes, uh, Get, get back to feeling better soon. <clears throat> um, as always, upandoverpodcast.com for all of your Up and Over merchandise. Um, up and Over Pod on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. From there, you'll find all of our personal social media. Tell us that we suck. Tell us that we're great at what we do. Um, you know, it's fine. Like I said earlier this week, I feel like we're the FTR of the podcast business. I stand by my statement. Um, Pat, I know that you didn't want to talk about any of that, so we're going to just brush over it. But FTF, and we all know what that stands for. Um, Six star uh, episodes every week, baby. Listen, man, it's not our fault. Not based out of Florida, ever. Not based out of every other state in the United States. 49 other states, but (laughs) Florida. Um, Uh, (laughs) uh, So this week... We, again, we have PWG's Game Over Man from April 21st, 2017 at the American Legion Post 308 in Reseda, California. It was a sold-out standing room-only show, per usual, of PWG at this time. Uh, our first match of the night, we had uh, Ray Phoenix taking on Leo Rush. Um, I start this entire thing off with a quote from Chuck Taylor. Uh, talking with Excalibur about Leo Rush, he says, Geez, he's not even 21. Excalibur says he's like 19. And Chuck Taylor says, oh, I hope he dies in this match. <laughs> um, and then... My king. And then... 
Excalibur says, could you imagine his mom listening to his last match and just heard the commentary you just said? Yeah, they uh, they have like a weird they have like a weird existential moment where it's like, what if he does die? Like, like wait a minute, god damn it. And then the best part too is Chuck says and then his mom, Miss Rush, who I probably went to high school with. Uh, it's just it's just a fucking mess. Um this is an opener with 2022 eyes was so sick. And yeah. uh, I'm not shocked, but I was very happy that the receded crowd was hot for it. It was a blast. Um, I- I'll tell you that it, much to like, like the rest of the matches on this card, this felt like it went 45 fucking minutes. Uh, this felt forever long. Um, How long did this go, Mike? I think like 18 yeah, um, I I put in my notes, I'd bet all the money in the world that Pat popped at Chuck Taylor and Excalibur chatting about basketball players' haircuts. I was, dude, what did I say? We were, I was literally talking about it earlier. I was like, I bet you Mike is the only person that got one that Alan Crabb reference and the fucking Iman Shumpert shit. I was like, any he said, Marcus yeah. Smart? Marcus Smart, I was like, yeah, I was like, Mike's gonna get a kick out of that. I, I, it was funny, and it's like, it was, it was cool because like, it's a personable moment. You can tell Chuck Taylor actually watches basketball, like yeah. just the he was using. It's yeah, cool. um, I won't say what he said. His exact <laughs> quote to his roommate, um, because we love Chuck Taylor and don't want him to get canceled five years later. Um, Phoenix hits, hits two leg drops, one on the outside and one in the ring, and I popped for both. They, I don't realize, I didn't realize that it was like a Hulk Hogan mark, um, but apparently I fucking love leg drops, especially from Phoenix. That was cool. Um, another Chuck Taylor quote: "Lick him and stick him." Classically, a rush. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that Dude. one being out of context. I just like uh, that being. Out here's there. my question: Since we're starting this episode with all this Chuck on commentary praise. Why has he not been stuck on commentary on Darker Elevation? Because of At this, least. he can't he can't keep it PG, bud. No. He's not a television <laughs> commentator. He's fucking uh, hilarious. But it's YouTube, bro. It's YouTube. It's fa- He's it's fucking fa- hilarious in this, but yeah, this would not go over well. Um the double stomp from the top rope to the back of Leah Rush's head made me sit up like the Undertaker in my bed. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. Uh, and then the fucked up, like, Spanish fly on the apron. Um, my note is all caps. What the goddamn fuck. Um, yeah. How was it? Explode her. It, it kind of looked like he went for it and, like, just fell off the side of this shit. He miscalculated horrifically how that was going to go out and just lawn darts his fucking head straight to the ground. Like, there's a, there's oh, a tall, he's 19. bastard. Standing right there, and he's pointing and pointing at his head, and I'm like, "Is did he fucking die?" Yeah, no. There's someone literally that's like didn't hear the commentating about him dying, but it was like he's fucking dead. Like he yeah, was, I was like, like, "Someone needs to check on him." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I met I met Leo Rush posthumously. Like he fucking <laughs> he <laughs> Tupac himself. You know what I mean? Like he was just like a hologram. It was cool." Um, Leo picks up the victory after a massive frog splash. Uh, this was a blast. I really enjoyed it. It was three and a half stars. And I'm starting with old Cortland this week. I got three and a quarter. It's a lot of fun. Um, it does go way longer than you think it should, but it's got good stuff in it. You know, the super stick leg drop on my apron, like Mike said, was really cool. Um, 
they're both just so unbelievably fast and so athletic that it's hard to just pick one or two of the spots that they have and say these are the best ones. But, I mean, they're just going 100% all the time. Uh, I want to praise Excalibur here for uh, – there's a spot where Leo Rush takes off his, like, shoulder band. Uh, and he's like, I just want to point out the fact that he's 19 years old and he already has his shoulder taped. And he was like, I just really want to, like, emphasis on the future of his career. And I just want to take a second to be like, what the fuck is Leo Rush doing with his career now? You know? Um, at some point, it's got to be like, is it the talent or is it the booker? Because it's just keeps coming out looking like it's the talent. Um, but, like, it doesn't take away from your ring work. I just wish that you'd stay somewhere longer than six months. Um but it's three it's it's three and a quarter you know i feel like going uh any lower would be an injustice and going any higher for me would be a lie so right where is that um just to answer your question about what leo rush is doing he's putting out a second fucking mixtape soon bud that's what he's doing i know that i know that but he essentially asked for his release of aew did he not he just let the contract expire okay well, you know, you know, it's a lot he's of wet contracts just expire, bud. And you're claiming it's the Booker. He's, he's also hurt right now. He got hurt in, in at PWG, ironically, in January. Yeah, do what? I say he got hurt at PWG in January, so he's on the shelf right now. Oh, word! I did not know that. See, this is things that y'all got to tell me. Ain't killing him. Very me. no, dude. I'll, I'll, I was letting you have at it, and then I was going to break it. Speaking of that, so th- we got three and a quarter from Cortland. Ethan? Uh, three and a half. Um, I watched all this before. I gave it three and a half before. I'm sticking with the three and a half now. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, Phoenix and Penta had just won the PWG tag belts the month prior to this. Um, so I guess Penta wasn't a was hurt or something, so they put Phoenix in this match, which I'm more than happy with. Uh, I'd like to see this ran back now, you know, with how good both guys are at this stage in their careers. I think it would be better because there's no reason it should have been 18 minutes. But, you know, it's PWG. You're going to get some of the, that shit here. So that is what it is. If, they, if they'd compacted this down into 12 minutes, this could have been probably a four-star sprint. You know what I mean? But for what it is, it's still good. Three and a half stars. Casey? I gave it a three and a half. Um, I will say that if you've never seen a PWG match before, um, just watch this one. And it basically sums up every single match, singles match that's ever taken place. It's just a bunch of shit that happens. It's fun as fuck, but like, it, it kind of no, sums up PWG is... as a whole. It's just a shit ton of stuff happening at one time that goes on for 20 minutes and it didn't need to happen, but it was still fun. This is the example of PWG's worst habits. Basically, if you ever, if you were ever like, I don't understand why people talk shit about PWGs, watch that. But also, like, I can't not give credit to Leo Rush almost unaliving himself. Uh, That's basically each other's fucking heads into the second row multiple times in this match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to the point where I was like, "Will you just fucking stop?" Like, at some point, it's like, dude, that's not your leg. It. 
that's not you kicking or like slapping your leg. I heard that one. Hmm? Like, you can't lie to us. They they just beat the shit out of each other for that solid eighteen minutes, and it was at a thousand. Uh, it was at times twenty. They just yes. went full speed, and it was still fun. But yeah, it just was like this is not the this is not an opening match because you set the bar really high for how the night's gonna go. And apparently, they've already talked about it. It's like a hundred plus fucking degrees inside of that goddamn VW hall. So like. <laughs> You can't be getting expectations up that high off the rip, but it was still fun. So three and a half. Yep. Pat? Point three and a half as well. Um, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed it as an opener. Um, I did not enjoy watching that Spanish fly botch. I thought that shit was about to get bad really quickly. But, I mean, everything else was pretty chill, man. It was, uh, I mean, I guess what you expected from these two guys. Um I feel like I wanted more, but I didn't want this match to last longer, if that makes sense. Like, I would like to see them run that back now. Like, in modern day, for sure. Oh, yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> Our next match was Adam Cole versus Matthew Riddle. This is the last quote that I have, I think, all night. Um, because I didn't want to keep running with... Oh, no, I have a couple more. It's fine. Uh, but I didn't want to keep running with quotes every time. But here's my quote. It's Excalibur talking about um, the participants. He says, Matthew Riddle going with what's on his birth certificate. Adam Cole, for obvious reasons, not going with his given name, which is Fat Piece of Shit. Fat Piece of Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bro. Oh, man. I didn't realize that that I was nearing the end of this match until it was over. And I was like, I I didn't get a note out of this. Um, Riddle counters a suplex attempt with a fisherman buster, and it popped me huge. This was fun, but it was a lot of stuff that was done that was okay. Like, there was just not a lot to write home about. Um, Riddle wins via a bro mission. I went three and a quarter. It was entertaining, but, like, am I ever going to remember anything that happened in this? No. Uh, Ethan. Oh, boy. Ooh. I can't decide if I'm going to quote the first sentence in my re-review, I guess. Who gives a shit? All right. So, I love that opening quote. Funny shit. My first comment is... You know what Adam Cole did at the beginning with the suck my dick. Yeah. Suck my dick. So my first sentence is the Adam Cole suck my dick dancing chant is funnier and more entertaining than anything he's done in the past five years aside from his entrance in AEW. <laughs> so there's Holy that. Fuck. Um, and so, <laughs> so yeah, I just saw that and was reminded of the glory days when my dude was funny and fresh. And then after the dance, he went back to doing his same old thing that he still does today, which is have a lifeless match. Um, I still went three stars on it because they did cool stuff in it, but nothing much here, man. Three boy, and I think it's a disrespect to some three boys. So I'm actually going to go two and three quarter on it. Let me bump that down. Ooh. Wow. It's wow. no disrespect, bro. It's literally not even meant to be disrespect. I just feel like it's a fair analysis. Like You're right. I agree with you. <sighs> You know I'm what I mean? Like, I, I, and I hate this. And I want to say this because there's been so much Adam Cole shit talk from me on this podcast, and I have no ill will towards him. I think he's a good fucking dude. I think he's a very nice guy from what I've heard, and he's got his thing down. It is just not for me. And sometimes I think he's cool. He looks cool. He's hot, right? And he's got his motions and his catchphrase, and he looks kind of cool. 
I mean, Kyle O'Reilly looks like a dork and Bobby Fish is a dork, but Adam Cole actually looks like a guy you'd want to hang out with. And so, like, I, I hate... I just... <laughs> Anytime I feel you like I'm just, making it worse. It's just, if there's an option yes. to talk shit about Bobby Fish. Well, dude, Adam Cole here. drags him around. Adam you Cole drags him around tired. everywhere. Like, if, if Adam Cole's somewhere, for some reason he has to bring him around, like, he's going to do something to make his act better. When he hasn't let's, done a thing to make it better. Let's let's stay on topic here. A three boy. I'm on that topic we, 100%. That we dropped Two and three quarters. To two and three quarters. And, of, and it's Bobby not a bad Fish match. As the cherry on top. <laughs> they do stuff. That's the thing. This was a match where they did stuff. And that's it. I'm just going to start saying that. I'm not going to rant anymore. I'm going to say, Adam Cole did stuff two and three quarters and leave it alone. No, don't get, don't be like that. No, it's I'm not funny. being the way. I just don't want to be a dick. I hate doing this, truthfully. I hate that I watch these matches and I can't go, Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> I mean, I hate that I can't be that way. But that's fine. That's why we're here. And, like, I get it because, like, yeah, if you watch this Adam Cole match, it kind of sums up any Adam Cole match from then to now, which is fine. But, like, also that Suck My Dick chant was funny as fuck. So, like. Yes, it was great. And that's the thing. I will give him him a bouquet of flowers when he deserves it. And he deserves it for that one. His whole entrance on this was good. He didn't even look at him. He just, like, stayed in the. Dude, it's funny, man. And hit his shit. It was good. Uh, anyway, Casey. Man, I always hate having to go after him. I, listen, I did not plan <laughs> for this match I to know. end up on Ethan immediately. <laughs> I did not plan on that. I mean, I gave it I gave it three and a quarter. Like, it's fine. I love Matt Riddle. Like, I was already a Matt Riddle fan, like, when he was going into NXT. Like, I enjoy him. I... I'm really happy that he's having the time of his life with fucking Randy Orton right now, doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Like, he's fucking great. And, like, yeah, Adam Cole's a solid person. I do feel like he does get a lot of shit. Not from Ethan in particular, but, like, also, I don't always necessarily think he needs to be in, like, the world title picture. Like, there's a perfectly good other title he can go after that no one wants it to be on Sammy Guevara right now so like and it won't and it won't expose his flaws by yeah. working matches more than 10 minutes <laughs> so I'm sorry and can I mention one last thing not to jump into Casey's thing this is a positive thing this is more of a this is fine go this is this is more of a fun fact thing I just, I just want to mention it because I'm a PWG nerd uh, so initially um, Adam Cole was supposed to face Sammy Callahan here um, because they were rivals for forever. Um, and this, the show after this is Adam Cole's final one before he goes to NXT. Um, mm-hmm. so this was kind of the nearing the end of an era, which I thought was cool. I had that in my notes I meant to throw it in. That's all. Got, got lost on the potential of Bobby Fish even being brought up. It was like Adam Cole's last match, Bobby Fish. Which one am I going with? Bobby fucking Fish. <laughs> Fuck Bobby Fish. Robert Fish. Um, also, so- also, just quick shout out to uh, Josh Barnett uh, and Jessamyn Duke being in the crowd on one side, oh, yeah. and old piece of shit Dave Meltzer on the other side. <laughs> I and just want to get him out of the way. We got up close and personal with uh, with old Uncle Dave in this match. Uh, so, so Casey, what'd you go? Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Pat. I went three, uh, three flat. Um, I, dude, look, 
I'm not an Adam Cole hater, but I feel like the more I watch Adam Cole matches, the more stale I get with it. Exposed. It might be, you know, it might it might be exposure, bro. It might, you know, when you see a lot of something that's not too great, it kind of makes you not feel like it's great at all. So, you know, I, I like to, you know, keep Adam Cole at a distance, bro. Admire from afar type shit. I love Matt Riddle, and um, I'll always ride for Matt Riddle. I fuck with Matt Riddle heavily. I fuck with him heavily in this match. Honestly, I kind of gave three stars for Matt Riddle's wrestling and Adam Cole's selling. If you want me to be a hundred percent honest, because Adam Cole sold his ass off in this match, and uh, Matt Riddle wrestled his ass off. So, that's really all I have to say about this shit. Um, suck my dick chant was funny as fuck, and that shit is iconic as fuck. I've seen it because I've actually watched this match like probably three or four times, like just in life in general, and I always fucking laugh at that shit in the beginning because it's just hilarious. Like that shit needs to be a gif on the internet. <laughs> It should be. Really shit. He needs to be on. He needs to be on dark doing shit like that, bro. Stop. Not that he should be on dark. That was not what I meant. Anyways, go ahead. Court. God, dude. Elevate, elevate. (laughs) No. Uh, I went three flat. Uh, I could see why someone would go two and three quarters or two and a half in this match. It's a lot of taunting. It's a lot of kind of like they said the same shit that you do get from Adam Cole. This feels like exactly what a Matt Riddle and Adam Cole match would look like on paper and it played out in front of you. It's just a little too much taunting for me and not a whole lot of payoff and like the blow off of them being irritated by the other's antics, you know? Um, And then it kind of just feeds back into... It's I'm trying to put into words how weird it is that Matt Riddle didn't get the full send in NXT to whereas Adam Cole did. And like I get in like the aspect of Adam Cole had a group. His debut was really fucking cool. He already was decently known and like that niche indie NXT fan world, right? Um, so, like, that makes sense. But, like, when it comes to, like, tear for tear with these two at this particular time, it's hard to, like, look at Adam Cole and be like, yeah, dude, you're the leader of the flock of this whole group of people. Or, like, handpick him as the person that should be in front of someone like your like, X, Y, and Z of Bullet Club. You know what I mean? Um so it's definitely weird to see it where he was then and then where he is now. And I feel like, like Ethan said, it's kind of just the same shit we've seen for five years. But I don't want to take away from Adam Cole. I'm, I am an Adam Cole fan. And the matches I've seen over the last two years and three years, I'd say, especially his work with Kyle O'Reilly in NXT, I thought was fantastic. So, um I don't want to shit on him completely. It's just this match definitely wasn't for me. So three? We're going to wear fucking shoes. Fuck. No. It's terrifying. So you went three on this court? Yeah, three flat. Um, Casey, just to touch on your point of Matt Riddle having the time of his life with Randy Orton, yeah. I feel like he's one of the only dudes that like actually wears emotion on his face. Mm-hmm. And he does look like he's having the best time. He looks like, like he's oh. having so much <laughs> fucking fun, <laughs> he's, dude. He's just living it up. Um <laughs> 
Randy looks like he's having a fucking blast with Riddle, dude. Like, they're just laughing all the time. Dude, for the first time in how long does he look like he's having the blast, you know? Yeah. Like, also, like, there's that really fucking funny clip of him rolling up to to Asuka in, like, the back. And, like, and he's I, like, I don't want to say this. No, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, he, like, rolls up and, like, she says something and he's just like... I, I can't fucking do like he basically says, like, I can't fucking do this and it leaves and she's just like what the fuck? Like <laughs> no one else can get away with that dumb shit, dude. As hell. He's... And Vince is like, what was that? And he's like, sorry, bro. I'm high. Fucking oh, high, dude. Forgot what I was gonna say. Like, um, oh, that's the most honest anyone's ever been for me. You're hired. <laughs> tag ride with Randy, you piece of shit. Um Randy's like, Our can next... I please be his tag partner so I can be high all the time? And Vince is I like, just want to be friend. fucking stunned, brother, and kick some fucking flip-flops off, bro. That's all I want to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Our next match was Keith Lee versus Jeff Cobb. Uh, my first note is two big, meaty men slapping meat. Um, I didn't realize how much these two literally launched the fuck out of each other until I rewatched this. Um, they just toss each other and try to break the ring, it felt like. It was sick. Um... Cobb hits, like, this weird fucking delayed German, and I was like, hello? Um, Jeff Cobb deserves more in the pro wrestling world. He wins via the biggest tour of the islands that I've ever seen. This fucking ruled. I didn't take notes, and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Um, I went three and three quarters, man. I fucking love this match. Casey. Uh, I have this written as uh, two big men with big chests and big muscles. Bump of meats. It's the whole thing. Um, shout out to Big E for that, that. That just came up on my timeline today. <laughs> it fucking so it did. It fucking Creed himself fucking reposted it because someone had showed it like to him. And he was like, this is like one of my like hardest I've ever laughed on their podcast. And I had actually wrote that it was the first thing that came to mind while watching this match. And I fucking tagged Jeff Cobb and fucking Keith Lee and fucking Jeff Cobb liked that shit. So shout I out to Jeff that. Cobb. <laughs> It is fucked up how small Jeff Cobb looks next to Keith Lee in this match, though. Because <laughs> they're both two big motherfuckers. What was the call? You might have just said it. I don't know. Um, sorry, I wasn't listening to the last moment. I was trying to fix times on the phone. But um, the someone said, like, uh, Jeff Cobb's giving up an entire Leo rush. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was... <laughs> that was the that's the tag match later. Elgin. Yeah. Oh, it's the oh yeah the tag. That's match the later. tag match that comes in. Uh, there's I mean, a there's a quote in this that it's like halfway through the match, but there's a quote where it's like, "I love how every time these two hit the ropes, the first three rows are terrified, as you should be, because <laughs> every time the crowd was like." <laughs> because you're always expecting someone to go over, but no one's like, "We can't move in time." Um, I mean, it. What what more would you want from these two big motherfuckers, man? They, yeah, they. If they weren't trying to break the ring, I'd be upset. Like they were just going at it. At one point, there's a fucking. It's a standing moonsault followed up by a standing shooting star press, and Jeff Cobb's the one that does it. And it hurts my brain to say that because you're just thinking, he's. You know, I think he, they said he was 265 at this point, and he hits the cleanest moonsault and shooting star press back to back. And then, yeah, his tour of the islands is fucking just a wild finish to begin with. I, 
I'm sad that he's in Japan right now, and he's been there for a while, and I don't think he's leaving anytime soon, but I would like him to come back and fucking just help yeet people across the ring somewhere. Um, but three and a half, it was fun. I love these guys. The tour of the islands was about six to 700 pounds of human being. Like, think about how fucking ridiculous that is. Pat. Uh, Pat, you say. I'm good. Pat. Three and a half stars on Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee. I'll be honest, this match was not for me, but I enjoyed it. Like, this isn't my type of match, bro. I'm just not a big, like, big dudes match like that. But I fucking enjoyed it because it did what I wanted to see uh, from them, which was fucking wrestle. Yeah, they were big. Yeah, they did, like, test the strength and, like, the running and the clothesline, but they fucking wrestled, man. A lot of big slams, a lot of, like, just technical slams. I uh, I'm, I literally gasped with the German suplex on the fucking apron that was almost a murder scene in the fucking segment. Like, there was, it was just really good shit. Dude, man. he landed on his fucking head, dude. And uh, it, it, was just, it was just good shit, man. I, I'm not, I, I don't have any complaints, man. It was good. Cortland. I went three and a half as well. I like this match. A lot of just big boys hurting each other, you know? Uh, they are just doing Germans back-to-back as receipts. Fucking obviously, Keith Lee's just going to do standing belly-to-bellies, never leave his feet. Danny Germans never leave his feet. Uh, One of them turns uh, Jeff Cobb inside out on one of the standing back Germans. Is that what he called it, Bradley Bill? What did he call it, Bradley Bill? Did you hear him say that, Mike? I didn't. It's his Beal. It's just him throwing somebody. Uh, one of my favorite things that Jeff Cobb does is the, like that running headbutt that he does. Uh, and this one, it just looks like he just continued and looked like he was going to spike himself through the ring. Uh, so that was really fucking wild. Uh, Tour of the Islands looked great. Uh, I have in my notes, the safest German attempt turns into a terrifying spot. Um because, like, he tried to take it slow to be like, oh, I don't want to hurt him, but, like, in reality, didn't lift enough, and he just landed all Keith Lee's, yeah. like, tailbone on his face on the apron. Uh, so, very, very scary. But, dude, Tour of the Islands, uh, I'm kind of with Pat on, like, the big guys versus big guys thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm more of a David and Goliath story when it comes to pro wrestling, but... It's hard to, like, deny how insanely athletic these two dudes are and how they can get away with doing the big guy versus big guy. Um, I'd love to see him run it back, man. Well, it's almost it's almost borderline funny uh, what they were doing. Like, having yeah. Keith Lee literally doing a fucking belly-to-belly and never leaving his fucking feet, it's fucking comically insane. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, two dudes. It's, like, not like a fucking... God, I can't even think of like the fucking Roman and Brockworth. They're two big guys, but they don't do shit. Like these guys are doing some weird, fucking, crazy things. Guys, these are big guys. Wrestling, yeah. they're and going. Like. Yeah, and they're yeah. It's like it, that's what doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like Roman and Brock are, you know, they're like healthy big. These dudes are just like born to be fucking refrigerators. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I don't. <laughs> They they turn when they go through doors and like that's their healthy weight, you know. Like well, there's like, 
difference of men. I don't know what the weight disadvantage was between Cobb and Lee, but I know that Lee had the height advantage. So, like, you could just tell, like, there that's some them healthy motherfuckers that are in that ring, though. Yeah, I I originally rated this like a little bit lower, um, and like just running through it back in my head, I was, it's just like, damn, man, this is so impressive. That it's hard to not give it at least three and a half. Uh, it's just like I said, big dudes just pulling it out in the middle of a card. And it's refreshing. It's definitely different from what you've seen in your openers. I like that. Ethan. Um, I went three and a half. I almost did three and a quarter. So like Cortland, I kind of almost went down a little bit on it. Um, but I'm going to stick with three and a half just because as we talk about it and I think about all the different stuff they did, I mean, you can't take that away from him. Um, the best, my, one of my favorite parts in the beginning was Chuck Taylor. He says, so go ahead and take your bets now on whether or not the ring survives this match. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just love that that set the tone for where we were going. Um, and I don't know, man, I liked it. You know, I can't, I'm probably not going to rewatch it to be honest, but sometimes so I sit here and I think, and I want to rewatch it because it's like, when I watched it initially, I remember being disappointed because I wanted them to go all fucking out, you know, because it felt like they traded and then it ended, you know, but it was never that full climax. You know what I mean? Like they were I, I, like, I thought they were building to something and they were just like, all right, we're going to take it home now, which we all just complained about shit going too long. So hear me out. There's supposed to be so. this big super show happening. Oh. Well, if it's supposed to be AEW be and fucking New it. Japan, True. both boys are involved with those two promotions. Give it two big, me- two big meaty men too. <laughs> Shit, throw Jonah in there, make it a triple threat. God. Oh no! Oh no! No no no! Ring's gonna implode. Then you can throw. You know what you can do after that? Throw Brody King in there, do a four away. I hate this. Oh man. But um, and then, anyways, and then sign PCO for one night and have them all beat the shit out of that old bastard. Truthfully, <laughs> uh, though, man, I... okay, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I just like my brain just like remember because they talked about it in there. It's also insane to think that at this point, Keith Lee is a 10 year vet in this match because he had only ran circuits in Texas. He just yeah, did a dude. giant. He, he did a giant Keith loop Lee? in Texas and didn't realize that you could just fucking leave the state. Yeah, and then he Keith left and he became a star. <laughs> Keith Lee didn't show up on the Indies and like PWG and Evolve stuff until like a year before this. Like yeah. he was just over in Texas doing his thing until 2017, 2016, late. Just fucking ballistic. Um, I think that's really all I had here, man. What, what happened the, the three with and Keith? A half? What happened with Keith Lee that he decided I can't leave the state? Like, I remember because he, I, I'm trying to remember where I heard about it, like who he had an interview with, but he basically was just like he was running a circuit in Texas. And Texas I what is so else he fucking. Is well, he, no, he was just doing Texas, and I think he was like working on the side, but he got more and more popular as things went on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> And then eventually, like, someone sorry. was like, you could, like... That was wrong. Like, they were like, you can go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm sorry. He just I, didn't want to yeah. cross state lines with too much, much on him, you know? Um, too much. Already carrying enough weight. <laughs> oh, my God. Our next match is uh, Michael Elgin versus Kyle O'Reilly. 
I'm really sick of Michael Elgin having fun matches and selling the shit out of his arm while doing so. And it's the second week in a row. I'm fucking annoyed. Um, this is good. The second week in a row, almost a year apart. It's pisses yeah. me it, the fuck it's off. It's fucking insane. <laughs> his arm's never gonna heal. Goddamn it. Uh, this is this is peak O'Reilly should be in the best technical wrestler in the world talks. Um and it was on full display here. He really like showcased his thing. Um however, much like last week, Michael Elgin wins via a buckle bomb into an Elgin bomb. This was entertaining and for someone with fresh eyes on Elgin, these are probably two of his best matches that he's ever had in his entire career. And we get them back to back like Michael Jordan ninety six, ninety seven. Um Pat, I'm gonna give it to you. I went three and a half stars. I went three and a three quarters. Um, I wanted to go four, but I felt uh, rude doing that. But, I mean, I didn't hate this match at all, uh, to be honest with you. Last Michael Elgin's a piece of shit. We can, you know, put an asterisk next to everything else that I'm about to say. It doesn't take away from the match. The match was fucking good. Objectively, it was a good-ass match. Kyle O'Reilly definitely, in my opinion, proved why people say that he's one of the best technical wrestlers in, in the world at the time and probably now. I just want to see him do a singles run. Like, I don't hate on Bobby Fish as much as some people do, Ethan. But uh, I definitely would like to see the man alone, bro. I would like to see Kyle do his fucking thing, bro. I want to see him out here because I feel like Kyle O'Reilly, every time I watch him, I, I'm every time I watch him in any tag match, I'm watching him. I'm watching what he's fucking doing. Like, the whole fucking time. He needs to leave his uncle at home. He, de- <laughs> he might need to leave uncle at the crib. Put, it, put him next to his little his stories. Let him watch his stories all day while, you know, Poppy comes home and brings the belt home. Like, he might need it, might need it to happen, dude, because I fuck with Kyle O'Reilly. I fuck with Michael Elgin in this match. Um, The deadlift, what was it? The deadlift, what is it? Uh, Falcon Arrow? That shit was Oh, crazy. yeah, off the top, yep. Like, that shit was crazy, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it did a piece of shit. Um, so, I'm not going to give him too much props. Nice Death Valley driver, you asshole. And I- <laughs> that might be my favorite quote of all time from Pat. Nice Death Valley driver, you asshole. Um, three and three quarters here uh, for Pat. Cortland, what you got? I want the same, man. Three and three quarters. Uh, I love Kyle O'Reilly. I think he has one of the most compelling people to watch when it comes to striking combinations. He's really good at limb targeting. Uh, obviously, it's one of my favorite things, him just controlling the wrist while he just throws knees into every other limb that you have exposed. Uh, it's worked great for years. It still works great for me now. Uh, a brain buster sequence from Kyle popped me big in this match. Uh, Michael Elgin, like you said, selling the shit out of the arm. Second week in a row that we're watching it. But, I mean, this dude's pulling out Germans one-handed. Um with one arm still holding on, rough, pulls out buddy. another German, one arm, uh, and then pulls out a standing Falcon arrow. Well, one arm, dude. You know, it. I don't like Mike Logan, but I'll definitely sit here and say, like, holy shit, these last two matches have been in the top two matches of the last card that we've covered. Um, and it's crazy, man, when you, like... When you look at this, you're like, oh, this isn't going to be the match that stands out or, like, has that high of a rating. But, like, to me, this is almost four stars. I feel like if I didn't look at Elgin as the person that he is and just looked at him as a pro wrestler and an entertainer, it probably would be four. Um, But you get what you get. 
Um, I love the Fury of Boots from Kyle O'Reilly before uh, <clears throat> he hits that. Uh, what the hell was it? Um, like he just held on to his arm after kicking him in the face four times. He like held on to his arm and just punched yeah. the like inner thigh like of his bicep, and you just don't see it a lot. Where instead of someone just like putting you in an arm lock or throwing you in an arm bar, he's just holding your arm and he's punching it. Um, and I feel like Michael Elgin sold that more than he sold most of the stuff that he was doing um, with limb targeting. So um, I love Kyle O'Reilly. Hope you do a singles run. Go to G one. Go have a good fucking time. Embarrass somebody. You know? It'd be great. Would you go? Three and three quarters. I like it. Ethan. Um, I went three and a half. Um, these guys, oddly enough, have good chemistry together. Um, this was actually... Originally, it was supposed to be Michael Ogham versus Mark Haskins. And Mark Haskins couldn't make it, so they brought Kyle in. Um, and I thought that was a cool... A replacement match to run because this is a rematch from the 2013 Battle of Los Angeles finals um, where Kyle beat Elgin um, and so to see Elgin kind of get his win back here and them kind of touch back on something from a few years ago I thought was cool um, and they had a good match there too um, except they were fucking exhausted there because they had wrestled like three matches in one night but so here they were fresh and they still had just as fucking banging of a match um, it's kind of shocked me how much I did enjoy it um, because I hate the Davy Richards Michael Elgin matches from ROH and Kyle, as you know, is a protege of Davy Richards. Um, so he did inherit some of Davy's bad habits, but um, Kyle really did come into his own and uh, obviously become a way better wrestler than. Well, he was a way better wrestler than Davy. I like Davy more nowadays than Kyle, oddly fucking enough. But um, this was a good match. It was borderline my favorite on the show, oddly enough. Dude, I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for the Bobby Fish comment. That's all that was. No, it's not got nothing to do with Bobby. I was what just saying, say like how often like people just cut stray bullets on this podcast. Like, have <laughs> nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> it's just a simple. No, well, it e- does have something to Ethan's, do with it. David Richards uploading the whole clip on this entire podcast. No, no matches. No, safe. no, 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 dude. Davey Richards trained Kyle O'Reilly every week on AEW. Red Dragon, the D and the R are capitalized. Why? Because of Davy Rich. It is relevant. So is that I'm not real? just shitting. Yes, it's 100% real. Google it. Tweet Kyle about he it. He told he he brought this up when we watched uh that fucking what was that goddamn event we watched last weekend? The New Japan? No, the was it the West Coast one. Oh, West that. Coast Pro. Okay. Yeah, the West Coast Pro. He brought that up then and it blew my mind and I was like I don't like this fact. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> um, sorry, I slept through West Coast Pro. My fault, fellas. Like, didn't mean You're to fine. not be here. Um, <laughs> slept for like 18 nah, man. hours. Nah, man. This this was good, though. Three and, three and a half. Is that what I said earlier? Yeah. 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 I'm just looking at my two different reviews. For some reason, I went three and a quarter when I watched this in 2017. But I liked it. I liked it watching it back, so. I also think you yeah, could man. have been spent on Michael Elgin's Ring of Honor runs that you were watching oh, yeah, I was. shortly before oh, that. So, um, Michael Elgin with fresh fresh er eyes is kind of fun, man. I mean, he's just a big dude that can throw people around and has a little bit of that like uh, '80s big meathead, juiced up white guy uh, persona. Uh, Casey, but okay, go ahead. 
No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No worries. I was just going to once again throw in the disclaimer that we don't support Michael Elgin, and you shouldn't either. Go ahead, Casey. Support. Um. <clears throat> I'm going to go with my gut on this, because I was a little on the fence, and we all know that I really don't like him. Uh, but three and three quarters. It, uh, it was fun. And, yeah, it, it is one of those where it's like, yeah, like, it's, you know, Elgin's this big motherfucker, and who's the best person to put him against? Someone that, like, is... It can show that he's a worthy contender in Kyle O'Reilly, but it can also sell his fucking ass off. Like, <laughs> um, there's... A couple of spots that were just fucking great, uh, besides all the ones that have already been listed. Um, Kyle's on the outside standing on the apron, and Michael Elgin fucking slingshots his ass over the rope, catches him, and power slams him. And I was like, that was fucking great. Like, <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever seen it happen before, but we're just in the fluidity of how they did it, it was wonderful. Also, uh, they're working on the outside. Elgin goes to sit in a chair, which is right next to Josh Barnett. It's just a fun fact at that point. And Kyle O'Reilly does like a running knee from the apron onto him. And it's just funny because everyone fucking clears out, but Josh Barnett just sits next to it and is just like, that was cool. And he's like, can you fucking move now? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, it was fun. Michael Elgin can fucking sell a, a hurt shoulder and it does it well. And Kyle O'Reilly's a piece of shit and will pick at it the entire match to where you almost feel bad for the son of a bitch, but you don't because it's Michael Elgin. There you yeah. go. Fuck Michael Elgin. Um, <laughs> our next match is uh, the Young Bucks versus War Machine, and oh my goodness, do I miss War Machine and not Ivar my... and, and Evan. The or Viking the... experience. Whatever their fucking shit. Viking experience. It's the Viking Raiders now, right? Raiders? It's, it's I don't robust. fucking know what um, they are. This was decently entertaining. Um, I was really surprised that Reseda kind of let Matt Jackson work as, like, the baby face from underneath with, like, the Nick Jackson hot tag. Um, let me just fucking love on Nick Jackson for a quick minute. Uh, put a fucking singles title on that man. Let him run to the fucking moon. Um... Yeah, he he had, like, a really sick hot tag, and Reseda loved it, which is weird, because they, like, notoriously fucking hated the Young Bucks. Um, they ate it up, though, man. The Bucks win via roll-up in a match that was fun, but left me wanting more. Uh, it was three and a quarter, maybe even just a regular three-star. And, uh, Cortland. I went three and a quarter. Uh, what, man? Right. Pat looks disappointed. Pat looks pissed. What, man? Nothing, dude. I think Pat's on the same page as me with this. Good, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, We've talked about this. Yeah, you already know how I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I put this? Um, I don't have a whole lot of notes other than like just a few spots. Um, main things that I fucking love Nick Jackson. I think he has one of the best hot tags in the business. Um, And we get to see it weekly in AEW. Um it hasn't changed a whole lot and it still looks great to me. Gets me happy every time. Nick Jackson eats the shit out of every uh war machine tag team finisher move they got. And uh he keeps kicking out at two and seven eighths, which is just great. 
you get this roll up finish that I mean, you know, man, um, it felt like it just fucking went on and on and on and on, but like you still wanted more, but like it just had not a whole lot of meat on the bone other than like the same shit that you would get from like a constant taunting of suck it or fucking just screamed by the Viking Raiders. Um, I enjoy their stuff though. I think like both the obviously both teams have really great timing, great chemistry between their partners and their opponents. Um, probably my favorite spot in this is Matt trying to pick up uh, I think it was Rowan I think or Ro, and uh, he tried to go for the Meltzer driver and they couldn't do it. So they just look over at Meltzer and blow him a kiss. <laughs> instead of uh, being able to pull it off, which I just thought was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, man, I just don't feel like there's a whole lot here. There, it's so much time is wasted in, like, minuscule shit that doesn't tell the story. You know? Uh, so, three quarters, shout out athleticism, Nick Jackson gets beat up. For three and no. a quarter, you said? Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Big Ethan. Oh, man, oh, man. You're about uh, to shit on this match, aren't you? I'm not. Um, you went to the side. He's just got a fucking... He's pulling out the so, Glock. So, in 2017, I went three stars flat, and I can't lie, I did put two and three quarters down when I watched it today. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't... I guess I'm gonna stick with it, then. So, two and three quarters, whatever. Um... I'm so good at just... <laughs> So, I don't know how to feel about this, and I felt this way when I watched this in 2017, a few months after it happened. I just was disappointed, but I also never liked War Machine. Um, so, that probably has something to do with it. Like, I can't name one War Machine match I'd want to watch again. Never mind. Here I am going off on the fucking... Let me stop. I'm not a fan of the Team War Machine. I am a fan of the Young Bucks, but... This match was not for me. Two and three quarters. Good effort. Is that what y'all want? I just, real fast, I just want everyone to know. You liked? Give me a spot that you liked. I liked the beginning when the Young Bucks were being cowards and shit shitheads like always. That was the best part for me. Everything else after that meant nothing. Hell yeah. Love it. Go ahead, Casey. Go ahead. If you made it this far into this, I just want everyone to know. This was Ethan's idea. To do yes. this episode, and he no, has listen talk to me. shit. Listen, listen to me. Here's this. Here's where we're at right now. We came out of last week's episode. A day or so passed, and nobody mentioned what the next episode was going to be. So, what did Ethan do? I googled what wrestling shows happened on the day we are dropping this this week, and this was one. Why not, man? I mean, I I appreciate the in. work that you did. I appreciate the the. The episodes that we're going to be covering from the laundry list that you have, it's just really fucking funny that you talk so much shit on this episode. I'm not even shitting on this show. Here's the thing, bro. I don't, I don't hate that. I'm going to really rethink how I handle my fucking wrestling. Views, that man. was just funny. I feel like, <laughs> no, I sound like I'm talking shit when I'm not even talking shit. I'm just feel like I'm trying to give the most unbiased thought that I can and also give how I feel. Don't and shit. I don't mean shit towards any of them. I know. Can I can I just quote you real Ex quick? Except for Doug Furness. What? What? Quote 
I've never seen a War Machine match that I really enjoyed. I'm you're not wrong. Oh, I'll take that back. There was one. There was one, and it was the five on five Bullet Club versus ROH All Stars 2015 Bullet Club versus Roderick Strong, the Briscoes, and War Machine. That was good, but it also had Roddy and the Bucks in 2015. So how can you not be fucking good? I mean, come on. So no, this match just exposed the boys, man. And Raymond Rose's wife's a fucking dumbass. So I mean, why not shit on them at this point? Now they're on WWE TV having mediocre TV matches. And now y'all got me stoked up. You oh. wanted it, you're getting it. So, oh. being nice. Huh? I said, Sam, calling them mediocre WWE matches is being nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair. Nice. Um, so, I like I'm just going to. Portland had to get that out the second time. I heard what you said. <laughs> it's just, it, it cut out, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, dude, say it. Um,. So, yeah, man, um, I'm not going to spend too much more time on it. I, you know, at the beginning, the one last thing I wanted to touch on was, I don't know, man, this felt like, this makes me, a here it is, here's my, con here's my compliment, right? This match made me appreciate two men that I've shit on on this podcast, and those men are Evil and Sonata, because when the Young Bucks faced Evil and Sonata, they did their fucking part. They pulled me in. War Machine did not. Oh, so, kudos to those boys over there, because a year after this, the Bucks had a great match against some big boys, and they fucking rocked. So, anyways, so, once again, my favorite parts of this was the opening, with the Bucks being chicken shits and running out the ring and doing all their stuff. I even liked the beginning, where the Bucks did their double teams and were trading off, but I can't lie to you, buddy, six, seven minutes in, your boy was snoozing, and I didn't watch the rest of this match. Because I watched it once, and let me tell you what I wrote in 2017. Please. It's, it's small, trust me, so I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. This was two months after this show happened in 2017. Five years ago. I've never been a huge War Machine fan, so I was immediately kind of un uninterested in this. And considering the Young Bucks had one of their best matches last month in Reseda, it was hard to get invested in a match this dull. Bucks pick up a rebound victory after losing their titles. That's it, man. I had nothing else to say and gave it three stars and moved along. Why did I need to watch this again when it was not even tickling tickling my beard hairs, man? <laughs> Two and three quarters. Casey. This is How fun. Follow that. I don't know. It keeps follow fucking happening, man. <laughs> like Shout out Nick. Shout out Nick Gage. Uh God. Oh. Oh, Mike, what, is, what did you give this again? Oh, dude, I went three and a quarter, dude. Okay. And I said, I said it really, it doesn't even deserve that. It was probably like a three-star match. Go yeah. back and re-listen, Buck. Come on, Casey. Hit us yeah, with it. Lay it on the table. I'm going to go back and re-listen to it right now. Um, Can you, Hey, one last thing, buddy. God damn it. I want, what? <laughs> I, want you to do, I want you to do what Cortland said Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee did earlier. They pulled it out on live on, on live pay per view. So now it's time for you pull it out, lay it on the table. What do you got for us? I don't even want. I know. <laughs> like it's a fucking cartoon. This is three. It's a three. It. It's a lot of. It's a lot of yelling. Um. I will say uh, Thor's hammer is still probably one of the coolest tag team finishers, though. 
just eating a fucking grown ass man into the air and then catching him and power slamming him. Ethan, you were in fucking timeout for a minute. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> Mike, pitch it back to me before you end it. I have like one quick thing to say. Go ahead, guys. Just, just fucking, go it's a three. Fucking what, Ethan? <laughs> Take Here's my this time part. at this point. I don't care. This this match this match produced one good thing. It produced a fond memory in my head of when the Young Bucks could do the suck it still. Because they did the suck it, and I was like, dude, I haven't seen that in like six years, and it fucking ruled. That's all. It's because of a good old suck thing it! called a cease and desist. Ugh. Casey, what else you got to add? Uh, that's, I, I don't at this point. Okay. Just. All right. Thor's Pat, hammer's cool. <laughs> Pat, you had to wait. Uh, look, 45 minutes. Look, look, it's a three-star match. I don't understand why the fuck we've been talking about this shit that fucking long. Um, I get it, though. It's It shouldn't be a three-star match. It should be more, but it's not. Um, this match was 10, 10, 10 minutes too fucking long, in my opinion. Um, you could have did all this shit and got them time fucking song on a damn Spotify came on, and I've been fine with it. But no, I had to sit here and watch this shit for half my fucking life, it felt like. And um, I didn't really have to. Um, I can't really, the hot tag from Nick Jackson, that's the only thing I can really, that I remember specifically from this match, because I thought it was fucking awesome, but everything else, I like, I, I really don't care, um, like I said, you know, I've been talking, see, I haven't been talking shit about Young Bucks on this podcast, I've actually been saying good things about them, but now I'm gonna say this, oh no, that's, now I'm gonna say this, man, they're, for me, extremely, extremely for me hit or miss when they hit they fucking hit and when they miss they fucking miss for me this was a miss in my opinion i didn't really enjoy this match at all i could not agree with you more did you go three three black that's impressive for you to be like i didn't enjoy this match but it's a three star young bucks three is most people's five so that's fair that's fair um our next match is uh let Casey introduce it. Please. <laughs> what you got coming in tonight, buddy? Bro, it's Zack Sabre Jr. versus Dick to go. My first note is all caps. Ah, old Dick to go. There was a Dick to go um, chant in this match from like I four people. You... But it was still funny. I bet you popped so big. It was right after Ethan told me that I had to say dick to go the entire time. Um, I expect to be the odd man out here. I fucking hated this. Um, this, match, this match fucking sucked. Uh, Togo mm. is like a cool novelty act, I guess, but he had retired like a hundred times already. Um, this pairing just felt weird and it felt lost. Like they didn't know what to do or where they were going. Um... Zack Sabre Jr. wins via pinfall in a match that was unfortunately hard for me to get through the 23-plus minutes. I'll let that sink in real quick. It's 23 fucking minutes. Um, It was forever long. Ethan. No, wait, hold on. Two and a a half. Sorry. All right, man. So here we go. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like this was a great match, but I will offer a defense case. Please. Well, no, I don't even know if it's a defense case. Um, the crowd wasn't into it. I think um, 
Dick Togo had had a one match in PWG prior against El Generico that fucking rocked, but that was in 2011. Uh, the PWG crowd from 2011 versus the one there in 2017 is vastly different, um, and I don't think a lot of them knew who Dick Togo was, to be honest. Um, so I feel like that immediately took a lot, a lot of the energy out of the room. Um, I feel like the story was pretty front and center. Uh, Zach didn't even put his title up. He just wanted to fucking bully this old bastard. You know what I mean? And he stretched him out and the work's fine. You know, he's just wanting to embarrass Dick Togo and work him over and do everything Zach always does. He was being a dick. Um, but when the, when the crowd wasn't receptive, you know, and stuff, they should have fucking shortened this thing up, took it home, changed something up, and they didn't. Um, so three stars flat um, for the effort that they did put into it. Um, I can agree that it didn't resonate um, as much as I hate that it didn't. Um, because I, you know, when this was announced, I was excited and I was let down when I watched it the first time when I watched it back, I mean, nothing changed, you know, it's the same match, you know, just a, a misfire. I'll put it that way. So three stars from me. Casey. And Oh, the finish, oh. the finish was sick though. Uh, the Gato clutch cause Togo and Gato used to team and Zach bridge back and you know what I mean? That the whole story of the match is Zach trying to be the most little prick he fucking can. So that was funny. Everything else. I don't remember shit from it. So. <laughs> Casey, uh, I I own this on DVD. I I bought this. I've watched it one time, and yet I have no recollection of it. Um, I love Zack Saber Jr. I will defend that motherfucker to the death as him being one of the greatest wrestlers out right now. Um, I almost fell asleep watching this. This is rough as fuck to get through um two and three quarters and that's all pat two and three quarters um that sucks like i'm ashamed i'm not ashamed like uh i'm just i'm disappointed i guess i guess is the word i'm looking for i uh i it's just like dude you want it more man i i don't ever want to fucking give Zack Sabre Jr. like a negative rating on anything, you know, I want I fuck, I fuck with him, I ride for him, but like this match didn't keep my fucking attention literally at all, I don't remember anything from it um, and I try, I mean I tried to watch it like three times, it was the one match on the, the card that was like just the, you know, like when you're like trying to get something done and like, you just yeah. over again, cause it's like not compelling enough yeah. time. <laughs> in one spot, like it's just how it was, man, um I have nothing to add, dude. I just wish they would have called an audible there. You know, like, yeah. Zach was running matches long for the sake of going long at this point. Um, and this is just an example of it. It was like Zach just went in there and worked his same 20-minute match, which is normally good, but sometimes it's not going to work how you want. You know what I mean? And I think it just fell apart here. Cortland. I went three flat. I liked it for what it was. I don't want to beat them both up for it, per se, because, like, I feel like they don't necessarily deserve it. They tried. Um, yeah. Could have been shorter, like you said. I, I really enjoy uh, the constant return to a crossface. It feels like, like, Zach has so many moves that he can do, and he's trying to execute all of them all of the time. But for Dick, it only I only need one. So he just drops any chance he gets into a crossface. Um, 
And it works out great. I said it just like that's that. That's the so. craziest for Dick. He only needs one move. I was like, I could get past it. Then I saw Mike's fucking face. <laughs> Sorry, like, there's counters. There's good trade of pins uh, towards the end. But, I mean, ultimately, you get the European clutch, you know, um, and, and that's your finish. It just could have been trimmed off time. Um, yeah, man, it's, there's not a whole lot to run home about in this match. Glad they got in and got out before they ran it any longer. Because, I mean, another three minutes, that crowd would have been fucking furious. Yeah, I was furious when I saw the runtime on it, and I was like, I have to sit through this shit? Yeah, dude, and by the first four minutes, you already knew what the fuck was happening. Dude, I was like, this is the climax, and we're three minutes in. I have 20 to go. This is crazy. Um... Our final match, your main event of the evening, uh, was Chuck Taylor taking on Marty Skrull in a Reseda street fight. Uh, and these dudes beat the fucking piss out of each other. Um, there's a pile driver that Marty hits early on, and Chuck's cell was like a no-cell almost. Uh, that made me laugh just because uh, Marty in those comedy spots, as much of a dickhead as he is, he's funny. Um, Chuck got, like slammed from the uh, announcer's booth onto a sea of chairs and that looked fucking horrifying. Then there was a power bomb on the chairs inside the ring and I was like, I want to die. Like, this is fucking miserable. Um, both men end up taking gross bumps onto Chuck's birthday present. Quote, approximately 3,000 thumbtacks. Thanks, Excalibur. Uh, Chuck ends up winning via submission by way of the chicken wing and Rosita goes fucking crazy for it. Uh, I really enjoyed the match. Thought it was great. Three and three quarters. Don't really have much else to add to that. Casey. God, I hate Marty's girl. Um, Dork. I fucking hate him. Uh, I just want to add to the spot where they're going from the announcer's table on all the chairs. Uh, Chuck goes, I'm about to kill this dude for real. Murder. Murder. And then literally gets murdered himself. It's the funniest fucking timing of anything I've ever seen. He's like, I'm about to kill this motherfucker for real. (laughs) (laughs) You the best, bro. (laughs) Literally just says murder and then gets yeeted into chairs. And I was like, how the fuck did you guys time that so well? It was just beautiful. I will say because I, I did watch this just fucking start to finish that, uh, having to sit through the Zack Sabre Jr. match right before this. I am groggy, so, like, I'm trying to be as as unbiased as possible, being just exhausted by the point, by the time I get here. Um, both going through thumbtacks is fucking insane. Um, the amount of umbrellas used in this is fucking gratuitous. Uh, I think it's just... <laughs> It's a street fight, but what the fuck ever. I, three and a half, but fuck Marty's girl. Pat. I went four stars. Oh yeah, I thought about going four. Um, I, I yeah, fuck Marty's girl. Um, I fuck that nigga. But like, uh, the, the match <laughs> itself was all right. Like, I didn't. <laughs> You can say it, I just can't clip it on the TikTok at this point, it's fine. Like, I mean, you know what's up, man, fuck, fuck him, obviously, but, um, I mean, the match was straight, it was like, it was, 
It was interesting. It kept me excited. It kept me fucking entertained. It when it was fucking violent as shit. So like, I enjoyed it, especially after watching Zack Saber and Dick and you know my man Dick T Toga, bro. Like, it was just that shit was so fucking boring. So like this shit, like, I was like, oh shit, okay, we're back, we're back at it, we're back, we're back fucking going. Um, I love Chuck grabbing the commentary mic. You know, he was doing commentary all, all night. So when he got over to the announcer's table, of course, he would fucking grab the mic and be like, that shit was funny as fuck to me, dude. Um, and then getting thrown through the fucking chairs, that shit was crazy. It, it, it was just, I, the umbrellas was gratuitous. You could have not done with as many umbrella spots, but that shit made me laugh. I don't really have too many complaints. I'll say it again. I think I've said it twice, maybe three times. I'll say it a fourth. Fuck Marty Scroll. Um, and we'll keep it moving. Oh, shout out, bro. For real though. Shout out. I don't know how long you're gonna have your job, but I fuck with you regardless. Who? Chuck Taylor. Taylor. Okay. I don't know how long you're gonna have your job. What the fuck? I'm just saying, bro. He better keep his job. They latched on to Orange Cassidy, so I'm hoping that he's able to ride that because Chuck Taylor is fucking hilarious oh. and deserves the world. Cortland. I love this match. I originally talked to Ethan about it for most of the day today because, I mean, I was just so surprised. Um, I'm not obviously not a Marty fan. Never really was. My brother Jordan definitely was. Um, sorry, dude, put you on blast like that, but um, this surprised me, man, because I, I wasn't a big Chuck Taylor fan either uh, until I watched this match, and it really blew my mind. I feel like he definitely is one of those guys that if you got him in like that big pack challenge of tag teams that are going at it, or like a feud that needs a big blow off stipulation style match. Like, him and Trent are definitely the two guys that are going to go through your car windshields, are going to go through your glass. They're going to do all these crazy spots for the betterment of the company, the brand, and themselves, themselves as a brand. Um, so, definitely shout out to Chuck in this match. Probably my favorite thing amongst all the crazy shit. I mean, taking spots through these chairs just not telling the fans to move and just fucking eating each other on the fans and shit um my favorite thing is that a ref takes a trash can and now normally you'd be like oh one ref's down here comes another ref oh my great. god i forgot about this it's gonna be great right so so fucking funny. the first ref down <laughs> and Marty Scroll decides that uh, he's got cocaine, as Pat would say. And um, <laughs> he has a handful of white powder in his hand. And Chuck Taylor kicks it into his own, into uh, Marty's face. And Marty, not being able to see, decides that he's going to break the fingers of the new referee that just ran into the ring. And, uh, Chuck gets the upper hand and goes for a pinfall, but the ref cannot count because his hands are broken. <laughs> He's like, the best thing, the best thing Justin Borden ever did. Justin Borden, respect to you, my friend. Dude, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, and it's good storytelling in the end because you get this, you get the tax spot, uh, 
You get the chicken wing from Chuck Taylor onto Marty Scroll, which is Marty Scroll's finisher. And uh, he takes a back bump onto these tacks. There's a break in the chicken wing hold. There's a relief in the crowd. And then you get Chuck Taylor sitting back up, latching it back in and laying back into the tacks. Finally, you get Marty to tap because the referee can't count the three. What else is he going to do? He can call a tap out. So, <laughs> but, uh, I feel like this had everything, man. Like if you're a PWG head, you like independence. You like that old style of extreme rules, hardcore wrestling. You got your, your chair catch and your drop kick to the chair. You know, like you got your thumbtack spot. Uh, you got fucking ridiculous cradle pile driver for the love of God that about made me throw up. Um, yeah, there's another pile driver that just made me super sick to my stomach. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's just good stuff, man. I yeah. I originally told Ethan I was going to go four, but dude, talking about it, I'm going four and a quarter, baby. It's all Chuck Taylor. A fucking king, mm-hmm. man. A well, king. Uh, right. This podcast... This podcast, if nothing else, has opened Cortland's eyes to how good some wrestlers that he fucking hated are. Dude, and I love that. He just gave Carney bullshit a four. <laughs> a higher than a four. I'm happy about it, too. Did, dude. This, dude, how many... This to, me is, this, to me, is more like old-school Carney bullshit, though. You know what I mean? It's not like new-age yeah. Carney bullshit. Yeah. See... And that's, I don't ever want to be like, oh, that's difference with Carney bullshit, but like. That's the difference with you. <laughs> you know? um, In my game, I'm hugging Carney. But like, this is old school shit, man. Like, if you liked any of the Mid-South stuff, or like, if you looked into like, any of that old Smoky Mountain shit, like, this is where it's at, you know? Like, these dudes are true students to the game, and them running through some of these spots, you can see the eras that they really studied and the stuff they really enjoyed doing. Um, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, I'd love to see best friends work with FTR, if that's the case. Yes. Like, that's the truth of the game of those eras. Like, that right. was FTR, man. Right. I'd love to see you run one of those old-style matches. So, like, even if it's some fucking... Pin the donkey bullshit chasing each other around even, the ring. Dude, yes, dude. <laughs> even for the fucking promos. Can you imagine the promos between Sh- TR? Dude. I can't. That shit would be so fucking funny, dude. I oh can't. my god. It work. I mean, best friends hug all the time. FTR hugs before every single match. What's not to love? There it is. The uh, battle of the hugs. Who's going to give the people what they want? It's a four and a quarter for There me. you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ethan. Um, I went four stars on it. Um Go I mean, up. I could go up. Go up. <laughs> I could I, I could rave about Chuck Taylor all day. Everyone who knows I love that dude forever. I would defend him forever. Um this was the run of his life that he had right here. I you know, truthfully doubt he'll ever get a run like this again. Because um, what happened was he challenged for the belt against Saber and lost. And uh, so then basically he had to go through, you know, Sabre and Skrull were a team at the time. So he had to face Skrull. Um, and then Trent faced Zack Sabre Jr. at the show after this. And just having Trent plant the gift for Chuck. You know, it's just so much little stories that were here. And it was so organic. Because um, the whole story was Chuck's been in PWG 10 years and never got a world title shot. 
And so this was kind of just this moment where a lot of guys just got signed to NXT. Fans were starting to turn on Zach, as we saw with that Bourne match earlier. And it just seemed like fate or whatever is the perfect time for them to be able let's fucking strap up Chuck. And the ride to get there, they do turn on Chuck after he wins the belt. There's a great match for the belt after this. But like two months after, they turn on him. But that's PWG fans seem to do that a lot. But uh, no, man, this match, just a fucking blast, dude. Um, I will, I want Chuck to climb up to that commentary booth every fucking match. Every mm-hmm. single one. Because that shit will never get fucking old, dude. Excalibur was so... Uh, he got there, he was like... Hey. He said, what's up, Chuck? Because he's done it. He's done it a couple of times on PWG. But this, this to me, was the best one. Because, like... He screams murder, and he'll do that during matches when he's commentating. So hearing him say it about his own match, and then he gets murdered is fucking hilarious. I'm gonna kill this dude. I'm gonna kill this dude for real. Like, it's... oh my god! And then he gets up there and basically throws himself off. You know, if we're if we're not being worked here, he basically said murder. <laughs> and just throw himself through it. I'm just and gonna love Jeff Hardy myself through the chairs real fast. Hold on. Dude, and and then he's when he's, he's setting a up the chairs. It's a drugged up Jeff reference, dude. Well, oh, there's one. Chuck Taylor is drugged up Jeff. Uh, so and then the other favorite part is when he's setting the chairs up and a fan's trying to help him and one of them falls down. He's like, "What are you doing?" It's just <laughs> yeah. hilarious because you want me to hold him? I love. He's right. <laughs> the thing the thing I love about Chuck is that he literally feels like one of us or like a fan that just happens to be a wrestler and so it's so easy to fucking get a kick out of this shit because he's such a goofball but the thing is he can work you know yeah. what I mean he can work a good match and you, and you resonate with him because he feels like you know an average guy who you sit around and fucking joke around with you know what I mean but he happens to fucking work matches and he trained Ricochet fun fact for the night so mm. Chuck Taylor forever, Kentucky boys, four stars. You got gang members in Kentucky, even? <laughs> I don't know nothing about none of that now. Hey, now, don't start putting shit on <laughs> it, my name now. It does kind of feel like Chuck Taylor is just like a guy in the crowd that's like, I gotta have a pair of boots in my back seat. Yeah, yeah. And so he yeah. just puts them on and he just <laughs> shows up and does his thing. Uh, Dude, Casey, the, the thing is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, nothing, go ahead. I was just laughing. <laughs> I was just going to say fucking Excalibur uh, at one of the recent PWG shows, they flew Chuck Taylor out just to do commentary. It's beautiful. Anyways, go ahead. We've gone through everybody, yeah? Yep. Well, fellas, that leads us to the end of Pro Wrestling Gorilla's Game Over, man, from 2017. This has been a blast, I suppose. Um, Dick to go. We got that little treat from Casey, so that's nice. Um... (laughs) What are we doing next week? Do we know? Back Ooh, let's pull up. It's in the chat as just GCW. That's GCW. It's going to be this Saturday's. Um, fuck, what is it called? The Old Me? Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Let me oh. look. Are we going to watch it together? I will not be uh, able to, but it will be We won't be able to either. Okay. We'll be at the camera. So yeah, it's going to be uh oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay, the old gotcha. it's the old me where we've got uh Bussy versus uh Gringo Loco and ASF, uh Suzuki and Two Cold Scorpio. I originally wanted to do Fridays, but then I forgot that Saturday has that match on it and I was like I don't give a fuck what we're doing. <laughs> Two Cold Which Scorpio. One? It it so there I wanted to originally do the Friday GCW event 
that's also happening this week. But instead, yeah. we're doing that one. Um, there's also, uh, fingers crossed, Bandito versus Janela. Um, <laughs> there's John Wayne Murdoch versus Hoodfoot. Uh, Let's go. Let me see. My boy. There's also uh, Alex Shelley versus Nick got- Wayne. AJ Gray versus Alex Cologne. And that one is actually for the Extreme Championship. Um, and then Chris Dickinson versus ACH. Uh, and, and then, then the main event. The main event. The scaffold. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. I'm ready to fucking the go. The Briscoes versus Second Gear Crew and the fucking... They're, how the fuck are they gonna put this shit together? They're gonna put these Buddy. psychopaths on scaffolding, dude. You gonna be I'm here? So huh? What's that? What's that, Cortland? I said, Ethan, you gonna be here Sunday to watch it? You gonna wait to be here for it? Yeah, yeah. We'll probably just watch it together Sunday. Hi. If that's all right, Mike, you riding with me? I'm down, dude. Let's make the drive. All right, cool. So yeah, what me, Mike, and Cortland will watch, and Pat will watch together. I guess Casey will be left out. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll just video chat him. It's fine. Yeah. I'll bring the MacBook. We'll just put him on there. It'll be good. Um. So, hey. so next week. What the fuck up, dude? I fucking hate this man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You love me, and that's what they. All right, well, fellas, that wraps up another week of the Up and Over podcast. Next week we're covering GCW's uh, The Old Me. Um, but for this week, if you wouldn't mind going to upandoverpodcast.com to watch extra episodes of Up and Over stuff, we have Up and Over Breakdown on there currently. Uh, we have a handful of episodes up there where we discuss, well, it's actually a like live watch along and, uh, they're a blast to do. Um, so yeah, go watch those. Tell your friends to, uh, send us their favorite match. Send us our, like your favorite match, uh, on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at Up and Over Pod. Uh, from there, you'll find all of our personal social media. Please feel free to reach out. Tell us that we suck. Tell us we're doing a great job, whatever you want to do. Um, and you guys, enjoy the rest of your week. FTF, we'll see you guys in a uh, in a calendar year. It's going to be great. Go ahead, Court. Uh, get get well soon, John. Yes. yes. Much love to your family. Please, uh, anything you can do to help share the GoFundMe, uh, anything will help them. Uh, it means the world to us. So, uh Please be on the lookout for that GoFundMe link. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And we'll see y'all next week. Enjoy y'all's week. See you back here next week. <laughs>